You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. This is the Out Loud Bible Project podcast, where we read the Bible out loud, like a conversation. Uh, The Bible was written by real people. It is for real people, so why don't we just read it like a real person, shall we? So today, we're finishing the book of Mark. I told you it goes quick. It's an action-packed book. And uh, I'll tell you what, the drama ramped up last episode. One friend betrayed Jesus, his other friends ran away when things got scary, and now Jesus is on trial, okay? So the the Jewish leaders didn't have the authority to punish people since the Jews were under Roman rule, so their best plan was to convince the Romans that Jesus was a threat to the empire for his claims to be the king of the Jews. So we're going to meet Pilate, who served as Rome's governor over that area. And and Pilate, he's in a tough spot because on one hand, Jesus isn't exactly breaking a law. So he doesn't want his boss to find out that he's punishing innocent people. But then on the other hand, if Jesus isn't punished, it would cause a riot among the Jewish leaders. And Pilate's already had to deal with riots and instability in that region for a while. So another one could cost him his job or worse. So let's see how it pans out in this conclusion to the book of Mark, chapters 15 and 16. Immediately in the morning, the chief priests with elders and scribes and the whole council held a consultation, bound Jesus, carried him away, and delivered him up to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, So you say. The chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer? See how many things they testify against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate marveled. Now, at the feast, he used to release to them one prisoner, whom they asked of him. There was one called Barabbas, bound with his fellow insurgents, men who, in the insurrection, had committed murder. The multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do as he always did for them. Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that for envy the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the multitude that he should release Barabbas to them instead. Pilate again asked them, What then should I do to him who you call the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out exceedingly, Crucify him! Pilate, wishing to please the multitude, released Barabbas to them and handed over Jesus when he had flogged him to be crucified. The soldiers led him away within the court, which is the praetorium, and they called together the whole cohort. They clothed him with purple, and weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on him. They began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! They struck his head with a reed and spat on him, and bowing their knees did homage to him. When they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put his own garments on him. They led him out to crucify him. 
they compelled one passing by, coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to go with them that he might bear his cross. They brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh to drink, but he didn't take it. Crucifying him, they parted his garments among them, casting lots on them, which each should take. It was the third hour, and they crucified him. The superscription of his accusation was written over him, the king of the Jews. With him, they crucified two robbers, one on his right hand, one on his left. The scripture was fulfilled, which says he was counted with transgressors. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, ha, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others, he can't save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross that we may see and believe him. Those who were crucified him also insulted him. When the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by, when they heard it, said, He's calling Elijah. One ran and, filling a sponge full of vinegar, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Well, let him be. Let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus cried out with a loud voice and gave up the spirit. The veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. When the centurion who stood by opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, oh, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women watching from afar, among whom were both Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the less and of Joseph and Salome, who, when he was in Galilee, followed him and served him and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had now come, because it was the preparation day, that is the, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member who also himself was looking for God's kingdom, came. He boldly went into Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead long. When he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. He bought a linen cloth, and taking him down, wound him in the linen cloth and laid him in a tomb which had been cut out of a rock. He rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices that they may come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? For it was very big. Looking up, they saw that the stone was rolled back. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side dressed in a white robe and they were amazed. He said to them, don't be amazed. You seek Jesus, the Nazarene who's been crucified. He's risen. He's not here. Behold, the place where they laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter, he goes before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. 
they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had come on them. They said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Now, when he had risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. When they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they disbelieved. After these things, he was revealed in another form to two of them as they walked on their way into the country. They went away and told it to the rest. They didn't believe them either. Afterward, he was revealed to the eleven themselves as they sat at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they didn't believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to the whole creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who disbelieves will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new languages. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will in no way hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. So then the Lord, after he had spoken to them, was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the words by the signs that followed. Amen. If you remember, when we started reading the book of Mark, we talked about how Mark's purpose of writing this biography was to show the authority of Jesus. And sure enough, he taught truth like he had authority, literally like the author, because he is. And he had the authority over demons, diseases, weather, even over his own fate as he willingly went to the cross. And and authority over death, which didn't have the final word. And so now, Jesus grants authority to you. If you believe and are baptized in his name, you have the authority and responsibility to preach the good news of Jesus wherever you can. Do you live like someone with authority? Or are you keeping a low profile while you let others do the work? That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.